from Car Rigs and Ingram, this is It Figures, the CRI podcast, an accounting, advisory, and industry-focused podcast for business and organization leaders, entrepreneurs, and anyone who is looking to go beyond the status quo. I'm Doug Mims. I'm a financial institutions partner with Car Rigs and Ingram in the Atlanta office. I'm here today with uh, Rob DeMumbrian from our Nashville office. And Rob, I'll—I'll. I'll, uh, I guess the biggest challenge today was was for me to pronounce your last name correctly. And you did it, a great it, job. I'm not sure that I did, you but did a great uh, job. but at any rate, Rob, we Rob is here today to talk about cannabis banking. And and Rob, I'll just let you introduce yourself to the audience. Thanks, Doug. I appreciate it. And yes, I'm Rob DeMumbrian. I'm a partner in the the Nashville office of Car Riggs and Ingram serving the financial institutions industry, have over 25 years of experience in, in working with financial institutions, everything from external audit services to what we call risk advisory services, loan review, internal audit, uh, regulatory compliance. So anything that our financial institutions clients need, we, we try to help them with. Good. So cannabis, it's it's an interesting topic. It's from a, a variety of, of uh, perspectives. I, I was talking to my mother, my eighty one year old mother yesterday, and I told her that I was going to be moderating a couple of podcasts. I left out the part that one of them was going to be about cannabis. Although I don't know if she would know what cannabis is. Obviously, she would know what marijuana is, but I left that part out. So it's um, it's kind of a interesting topic in general. It is an interesting topic. I mean, you know, today we're not talking about anything morally about it. We're talking about banking, cannabis. Uh, but it is a, it's an interesting industry because you don't find many industries that, that explode like these do and, and, and happen so quickly that other industries that service this, this industry, they have to figure out a way to service it. And that's where we are with this right now as this industry's taken off. Uh, trying to service it, financial institutions in particular trying to service it. Uh, it is a, it is interesting to watch as it evolves. And really, what started this is you know back in the back in the seventies, marijuana, cannabis, all cannabis uh, became illegal federally under the uh, Controlled Substances Act. And so since that time, cannabis has been in, illegal. It's a legal substance at the federal level. Well, over the past few years, states have diverged from that and have started legalizing marijuana in some form or capacity. Right now we have 33 states that allow it for medical use, specific medical use, uh, plus the District of Columbia. We also have 11 states that are doing it for recreational use. So, so, so what you're saying for the listener is we've got a, a, a law in place since that's been there since 1970 at the federal level, but yet we've had different laws passed at the state level that differ from that federal law. So we have, a, a, I guess, a, a gap between those two. Which is not a good place to be for anybody that's a financial institution wanting to service this industry in a state where it is legalized. It makes it very difficult for them when there's uh, laws that do not reconcile. And so also what happened in, in the end of 2018 with the 2018 Farm Bill the definition of marijuana changed to where hemp was no longer considered marijuana. Had to meet certain guidelines, obviously, to be able to be considered hemp, but it opened up where that became a federally legal substance. 
So, so is that the primary impact of the Farm Bill? Were there other, other impacts from the, the 18 Farm Bill that are relevant to, to banks and credit unions? There are. So with the federal uh, Farm Bill, it did, as I said, allowed hemp to become a legal substance uh, federally as long as it met certain guidelines. Uh, the THC limit, which that's the... Uh, that's the that's the good stuff? That's the good stuff. Okay. That's the high. That is the... Uh, as the uh, official term would be the psychoactive ingredient. Psychoactive. Yes, ingredient. Yeah, but it is the high in marijuana. It has to be controlled. So for it to be qualify as hemp, uh, the limit of THC is 0.3%, uh, nothing more, anything more than that, and it becomes uh, marijuana. So also what it allowed is states can regulate, states license hemp growers. Um, so that, that now happens. That had somewhat happened previously, but now with federal bill coming out, these states are going to regulate. And if states don't, USDA has guidelines that are coming out uh, to do that as well. So also allowed farm crop insurance. Crop insurance now can be uh, taken out on, on hemp products. But because of all that, you know, the licensing for hemp growers has absolutely exploded. I know in the state of Tennessee, we have 3,800 licenses, active licenses for hemp growers. That's roughly 51,000 acres as of November one. So it is a, it's a, it's a exploding, exploding industry. So, so folks out there getting getting their license and in various states, of course Tennessee being an example. I think Georgia, where, where I am, right. is also it's applicable. I think it's applicable in Alabama and some of other. Other states that we have a presence in. So, um, when that happens, wh what issues does that create for financial institutions? Not only uh, in banking, the specific entity that maybe is growing the hemp, if you will, but the other entities associated with how that that all transpires. Right. So, this industry touches a lot of different industries and a lot of different people. Um, you have those that are directly involved with the growing of the product. So you have those that are the growers, the people that are packaging it, uh, selling the seed. You have retailers. But then you draw back from that and you have some indirect folks involved with it as well, where you'll have employees who are working there. You'll have software provider, payment processors. Uh, you'll also have, uh, even dropping back further than that, you'll have landlords uh, that, are, that are leasing property uh, to these in the industry, you'll have accountants that are servicing the industry, uh, attorneys. So the, the broad reaching impact of this is, is pretty incredible when you step back and look at it. And it's something that financial institutions have to look at. And so it would kind of, I guess, the, the, the entities that are, that grow hemp and all the ancillary entities that touch it in some way, those all could be potentially viewed as inherently high risk, I guess, in the BSA realm. Absolutely. Absolutely. They would be. I think as, as you look at those, uh, those uh, industries and those servicing, you have, to, you have to go through that risk assessment consideration uh, if they are, uh, because you don't know sometimes how uh, the product you're acquiring may be legal uh, hemp, but, but where did it come from? Was it with someone that was also growing marijuana as well? Uh, that's not, that's not legal. So it creates that uh, lack of reconciliation again. 
So, and, and for the listener, we are talking about, in, to be to be accountant light, we are talking about inherent risk. We're not talking about uh, the, the residual risk. So, obviously, you can have controls and processes in place to, to, to manage that inherent high risk and get it to, a, to an acceptable level. So, that's the, the farm bill and kind of where we are. But so, so what other legislation is, is pending or out there that is impacting our, our banks? Right. So as of right now, there's a, this, it's the Secure and Fair Enforcement Banking Act, the Safe Banking Act, which is out there right now. It's passed the House um, and on its way to the Senate now. Uh, so it's making its way through Congress. And what it, in essence, does is because you've had this conflict between federal and state leg- legislation and and you have people that are that are are providing products that are illegal from a federal sense how do the regulators how do the federal regulators see that so what this bill is trying to do is to uh, allow financial institutions to work with those uh, cannabis businesses and then also which is most important for the financial institutions to prohibit the federal regulators from actually penalizing the financial institutions if they're serving the industry, as long as they're complying with state law. Uh, but, you know, that's a big deal because right now there's such a such a disconnect that financial institutions don't know what to do. And, you know, probably should have mentioned this on the front end, but if you, if you step back from it, I mean, we're talking about right now an industry that's in the billions. And there's billions of dollars being produced by this industry. And, and from a federal standpoint, they actually should not have a bank. Right. That's I mean, right. So, That's so, right. Yes. so the, the, the implications are, um, are, are substantial, to say the least. So based on where we are and, and so, you know, ban- our, our, our banks and credit unions are out there and they've, they've had legislation passed in their states that says these, these entities are legal and these folks are going to be looking for banks. If you're, if you're particularly a smaller bank or credit union with, with maybe less resource and expertise in some of these areas, kind of what are the things that they should be considering uh, pending, you know, the SAFE Act being passed and going into law? Right. So right now, you know, looking at any kind of guidance that's out there uh, discussing these types of industries is, is, is where the focus needs to be. But that's one of the problems is there's not a lot of information from the federal regulators on the topic. Uh, one of the, the most common uh, piece of guidance right now that's out there was from FinCEN 2014, which talks about BSA considerations as it relates to uh, marijuana-related businesses. So that's really been the primary driver uh, up until recently. And one of the problems, though, with that guidance, though, is it didn't really define what a marijuana-related business is. Uh, it did go through some considerations from a compliance standpoint of what you need to do uh, with your customer due diligence, with SAR filings. It had some requirements on that based on uh, the information you had on these SAR fi- or transactions that needed SAR filings. Uh, gave you some guidance on that and CTRs, but it didn't define what a more what a marijuana related business is. Now, though, with the hemp. Uh, being federally legalized, it's pulled out of being a marijuana, truly a marijuana business. So the problem's been not having that information, though, strictly from the federal regulators of financial institutions on what to do. Back in August of 2019, the federal regulator for the uh, credit union industry, the NCUA, came out with a with guidance about uh, serving the hemp 
businesses. So there were some guidance in there on risk assessments, on on what to do, things to consider. So that came out and has, has been out there for a couple of three months. Uh, we found out last week that uh, FDIC made mention that they're going to have in coming weeks some interagency guidance along with Federal Reserve, the OCC. Right, I saw that. Right, yeah. right. And with also FinCEN is going to be involved in that. They're going to come out with in, in a few weeks on interagency guidance. So that, that'll help. Right, right. So we're, we're looking at, at some pending, pending, significant pending legislation, significant pending uh, regulatory guidance. Obviously, uh, all of our clients are, are very keen on what comes out, for, particularly from fin, FinCEN and the Joint Regulatory Group from the FFIC as to uh, – they don't do. They usually don't do much until they see that guidance, and then they seek to adhere to it. So um, one of the other things too that that I forgot to mention is that from the Conference of State Bank Supervisors, there's a tool uh, that they've issued to train their regulators, the state regulators and examiners, on on questions to ask as they go out into financial institutions uh, that they regulate. That it's called the Cannabis Job Aid. And what it does is it splits it actually that job aid into a hemp job aid and a marijuana job aid. And it's really a resource for, for the examiners to go into a financial institution and ask questions on what they're doing. So that's a, it's a good tool for a financial institution to use to be able to see what regulators and examiners may be asking. And it's updated continuously as information comes out. So it's, it's, it's a good tool. So a lot of moving parts. And if you kind of look at it and go, okay, from a, from a, obviously we're providers of services and we do a lot of things in and around BSA, AML. If, if one of our clients, one of our um, smaller, less complex, if you will, banks or credit unions said, hey, Rob, what are the three or four things I should be doing right now? What would you say? Yeah, so I think first and foremost, the question has to be, do you want to bank it? Do you have the ability to bank it? Do you have the necessary tools to be able to, to bank customers in this industry. Uh, because of the high risk involved in it, uh, there, there is enhanced procedures and robust procedures and, and compliance programs that need to be put in place. If you decide to do it, you have to then decide determine what's, what's, what's a mar- marijuana-related business. How are you going to define that? Because it's not defined in the FinCEN guidance. And it's there's a publication out there actually right now uh, that came out a couple of years ago that actually sets a framework for risk assessing marijuana-related businesses and breaks them down into three risk tiers, with the first risk tier being a tier that's directly touching the product, and then the, the lowest tier being those that aren't touching the product and aren't directly uh, providing products and services to those marijuana-related businesses. Those that are, like I mentioned earlier, that are providing services, landlords, accountants, attorneys. Um, So that's a helpful tool uh, for financial institutions to look at to be able to risk assess. Also need to obviously consider policies and procedures uh, as we're going through this. Uh, Definitely risk assessing overall, uh, servicing the industry overall. You decide to do it, risk assessing individual customers uh, that you're dealing with, and then training staff. You know, you have to have not only staff, but at the at the board level and at the management level, providing training on on learning about the rules, uh, the state rules that are in place, and and this this guidance we've been talking about, what's out there uh, to familiarize themselves and learn learn the topic. 
Well, it's a you know in, very interesting topic, thought provoking uh, from a variety of, of perspectives, and and so at you know, w with the pending legislation, it sounds like there's a lot of pending guidance. Uh, usually, that means that that banks and credit unions in this in a scenario like this would have questions, and so uh, our our BSA AML professionals are are well trained in 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 this arena. We're monitoring. The activities and and we'll be uh, evaluating and disseminating information as it comes forth, and um, we stand ready to help our our both our clients and prospective clients. Yes, we do. Hey, Rob. Well, thank you for your time today. If you want more CRI insights or are interested in learning about our firm, please visit our website at cricpa.com. Thanks for listening to this episode of It Figures, the CRI podcast. You can subscribe to It Figures on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you prefer to listen to your podcasts. If you liked what you heard today, please leave us a review. 